0: and Six always. That's for the that's culture. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Bucks and Six podcast. We're on issue four, volume two of They Got Next. This year we're looking at the Atlantic Division. Anyways, yeah, just hope y'all are doing good on this fine uh, recording on a Thursday. Hope you guys are having a good week. And let's get right into it. This issue's take of the day is... Fred Van Vliet will solidify himself as THE guard of the Raptors. I'm not gonna lie, when Fred Van Vliet torched the Warriors, I was a little sad, but I think with Fred Van Vliet coming into this season, the Raptors being back at home, and overall just not having to deal with the fact that they never really had any quote-unquote home games, I think Fred Van Vliet is poised for a great season. If everything were to go correctly, you know, the stars align and all that shit, I think Fred Van Leet's season would look something like definitely an all-star, 20-plus points per game, potential MIP, and overall just sort of showing that he could be the next Kyle Lowry, even though I think Kyle Lowry is an extremely unique player that I don't know if we'll see anytime soon, someone that's even on that same level. However, I think with now how the roster's looking, he's in a position where he's the vet slash big bro. He's coming off a career-high defensive rating, Coming off a 54-piece career high. And overall, I think Toronto is a big wild card for the season. As I said earlier, last year was a wash because they never really had any home games, you know. Playing in a state that's not even where your fans are from is very... is a situation that only they really had to deal with. I think coming back home and knowing how passionate Toronto Raptors fans are. Either way, lock that in. Fred Van Vliet will solidify himself as the guard for the Toronto Raptors. I give that a All Alright, anyways, let's get into the meat of this podcast, shall we? As I said earlier, this week we got the Atlantic Division. Overall, I would say this division is the most stacked. You can make a case that all of these teams can make the playoffs. If that were to happen, it would be the first time since the 2014-15 season where the Southeast Division, everybody went. That'd be teams like Houston, Memphis, San Antonio, Dallas, and New Orleans. Anyways, if you weren't here last week, go back and listen first of all. Not kidding, but uh, as we go through every team this year, with the season coming ever closer, we're going to go through each team, dictate, you know, what's their core looking like, who's going to pop off, who's going to really take that next step, as well as who's going to slump, who's going to start to show signs of regression, or overall, maybe even fall off the face of the earth. I don't know, that's hard to judge. And last but not least, who's a player that could potentially be on the trading block? You know, who's a player that could potentially be moved for some assets that'll either help you in the future or right now? Speaking of a team that would only really make trades for right now, we have the Brooklyn Nets. The unfortunate favorites to win the NBA championship this year. As it stands right now, their core is pretty obvious. KD, Harden, and Kyrie. Three generational players, three first ballot Hall of Famers, and just three guys that I think, if all healthy, can create the most potent and Effective offense the NBA has ever seen. That's pretty self explanatory. Player I think is going to pop off. I picked Bruce Brown. You know, he's coming off a solid playoff run and he has the ability to guard one through five, which I think is crazy. Only thing I'd say about Bruce Brown is he's got to learn to give up the rock. One of the main reasons that Milwaukee won against him was that one game. I don't remember which one it was, but Bruce Brown decided, I'm that guy, pal, and decided to take the last shot instead of swinging it to arguably, actually, not even arguably, flat out. The greatest scorer to ever play the game, Kevin Durant. Aside from that, I also picked Blake Griffin. I think with Blake Griffin, he's going to be able to have a full season with Brooklyn. And with that, he'll be able to establish an actual rhythm. Because if you look at it, he only played 26 games with Brooklyn. And I think he's going to be able to slide right into that starting five role. He'll be able to play some decent defense as well as his ability to stretch the floor now will be really effective for the Brooklyn Nets. In terms of who's going to slump, I picked LaMarcus Aldridge here. I think, you know, with health concerns with his heart especially, I think whenever any player takes time away because of heart conditions, that's something that I think needs to be monitored very closely with uh, how strenuous basketball can be. Overall, I think he's still going to be solid. I think even if he is 100% like ready to go, everything's good to go, I think Griffin will still be the starter there. You know, LaMarcus Aldridge ain't no slump either. Mid-range killer all right person I think is going to get traded is Nicholas Claxton I think even despite the fact that he has a lot of potential there's really no space on that roster for him to get I think significant a significant amount of run just because all those guys are literally in championship or bust mode everybody there for the most part is on like one-year contracts stuff of that nature and with that I think Nicholas Claxton being a young player just doesn't fit that timeline so I believe if I were him I would want to go to a different destination however I also understand if he wants to stay and collect his ring no shame in that either way Nicholas Claxon again is a guy that has a lot of potential he can guard multiple positions and I think any big man who can switch on to smaller players is always a plus with the package however I think it'd be another vet just you know another guy who's not necessarily in the twilight of his career but maybe past his prime but is still very serviceable a player that comes to mind but I don't think would would definitely not be traded would be Andre Iguodala, someone of that nature. I think they'd either trade for someone like that or picks and cash considerations potentially. The Brooklyn Nets, if healthy, looking very scary. Up next, we got just across the river, I think. I don't know, I'm not from New York, I'm fucking Canadian. But we got the New York Knicks. As it stands right now, I would consider their core to be Julius Randle, Kemba Walker, the Canadian man himself, RJ Barrett, and I'd even throw Emmanuel Quickly in there. The main reason I'm throwing in Emmanuel Quickly is because I'm picking him to pop off. I think he's another guy I could potentially see winning sixth man of the year, or at least being in that conversation. Very shifty and creative with the ball, and overall, I would call him the steal of the 2020 draft. So, aside from Emmanuel Quickly, I've also got Kemba Walker to pop off this year. I think that's all stemming from the fact that the boy is coming home. So I think this will be a good fresh start for Kemba. He's coming to a team that has a lot of veteran presence and is not necessarily headed by a super young nucleus. And I just think the addition of Kemba makes it so that Julius Randle isn't necessarily alone out there. Now, for the players I picked a slump here, I'm using the word very lightly, but I slotted here. Julius Randle and Evan Fournier. Now, before you click off, let me just explain myself. With Julius Randle, he's gonna be in a situation where he's not the only massive threat out there. He's got Kemba, still has RJ Barrett, who really took a step up from last year, the additions of Evan Fournier. And who knows, maybe even Mitchell Robertson can pop off as well. But with the addition of all these players, Julius Randle won't have as many shots as he would. And I think that's the same thing with Evan Fournier. And we've already seen what happens when he comes to a team that has star players slash primary options. He went from averaging almost 20 points on the Magic to averaging about 13 on the Celtics. And the player I think is going to get traded is Kevin Knox. The package I would expect would either be another veteran wing or just a draft. Just a second round draft pick maybe, just so that you can get some value out of him before. Because he's obviously not going to get another contract for the Knicks, I would think. But who knows? Crazier things have happened. Alright, after the New York Knicks, we've got another NBA team that has a long history within the league. We've got the Boston Celtics. As they're on the quest for banner number 18, their core as it stands right now, I would consider to be Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and I'd even throw Robert Williams a third in there. The player I picked to pop off. I'm gonna do my bias pick first. I put Peyton Pritchard here. I think he's building off of a overall solid summer. You know, 91 points in a pro am game might not be against NBA competition, but still very impressive. Overall, I think he needs to run it back against Davion Mitchell because he got absolutely fucking clamped. I think with Peyton Pritchard, he's a bucket off the bench. And if there are any games where they're resting Jason Tatum or multiple starters, I'd say he's got the green light. I think he's a guy that can really be bucket getter and I think just contribute to the Celtics winning culture and potentially be a part of a championship team who knows a player that I think is more likely to pop off though is Robert Williams III just signed a nice juicy contract four years 48 million dollars however I can see him out playing this contract and being a massive steal you know 12 million dollars obviously is a lot of money but in the scheme of the NBA that can really be a contract that's like whew. We got this guy on a nice bargain kind of thing. Him as a player, he does all the gritty stuff that you need players to do. And he basically averaged like two blocks a game, which was real nice. Especially considering he's pretty small for the center at six eight. The player I think is going to slump Al Horford. 35 years old, he's not getting any younger. I think he'll still be serviceable. And when I use the word slump, I'm particularly meaning statistically. Al Horford has the chance to be a very, uh, very poor man's Draymond Green kind of player. He'll be able to, you know... Not necessarily playmake, but just be that veteran presence that's there to keep everyone in check kind of thing. Just since, you know, your star players, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, are still relatively young. person I think is going to get traded, uh, I put Romeo Langford here. I think he's a guy with a lot of potential. However, I just don't think there's enough room for him, especially in the guard rotation, to get any significant runs. If he were to be traded, Brad Stevens would be on his Danny Ainge type beat, and I think he would just trade him off for picks. And after the Celtics, we got, let's see here, Canada's very own, the Toronto Raptors. They have a pretty big core. I'd consider it to be Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam. I'd even throw Gary Trent Jr. in there. Obviously, you got OG Ananobi, one of, if not the best 3 and D wings in the league. Malachi Flynn, I think, will really come into his own this season, as well as you got fourth overall pick, Scotty Barnes. Now, the players I picked to pop off here, I put Fred Van Vliet and Gary Trent Jr. If you were... (laughs) for some reason you're here at this part of the episode and you haven't been at the start but I think Fred Van Vliet is poised for a really good season this year potential all-star maybe who knows I just think he's another one of those guards that can really step up for Toronto and be a leader and potentially who knows maybe bring them back to the promised land of the playoffs maybe in the finals who knows up next I got Gary Trent Jr. I was really high on Gary Trent Jr. when he was on uh, Portland that's the team I cheer for in the West I think he's one of the next major second round steals he has potential to be a premium 3 and D guard And I still think Toronto absolutely fleeced Portland. Gary Trent Jr.'s taller. I think I'd be more comfortable with him at the three, even though I'm still kind of iffy on that, than having 6'3 on a good day, 6'2, 6'4, I don't know, Norman Powell as my three. I think Toronto overall is very poised and very prepped to be successful in the next few years. person I'm going to pick to slump, Pascal Siakam. I know statistics don't really say that, but he's coming off an injury a long time, or... an injury where he's missing major time, and I think just trying to get into the rhythm and flow of things, especially if Toronto's firing on all cylinders beforehand, could be slightly difficult for Pascal, but he's an all-star Former All-NBA player, I think he could figure it out. But I just think he will have some slight learning curves and have a slightly slumpy year. Player I think is going to get traded, Goran Drogic. I think despite <laughs> seeing him in Scotty Barnes live with him, he's already kind of slandered the Raptors. I'm sure he's somewhat, you know, smoothed things over considering he looked pretty friendly in the live video, but... I think it could contribute to a team that's either contending or fighting for a playoff spot. However, with the Raptors, I would say that he's better off being traded just so you can allow guys like Malachi Flynn to really get some good runs and be able to give as much as they can to the team rather than being relegated to the bench. The package I would expect would potentially be a young player, just another guy that fits the timeline of this not necessarily rebuild, but this retooling of the Toronto Raptors. I think Goran Dragic, out of anyone on this list so far, is another potential buyout candidate. He's got a 19 million dollar contract, so that might be a little hard to move. But Goran Dragic just seems like the kind of guy who cares more about winning, so I think he would potentially take that pay cut to become a free agent and sign to wherever he wants to. Last but not least, we got the team where their future seems the most uncertain right now, with all the things going around in their organization, but I've got the Philadelphia 76ers. Their core is going to be people who are currently on the roster. So obviously that's people like Joel, Ben Simmons, and Tobias Harris. Players I'm picking to pop off are Tyrese Maxey and Shake Milton. These are two young guys that are going to be looked at more regardless of who Simmons is traded for. Maxi, I think, could lead the second unit and Shake could be a primary bucket off the bench as well, or potentially maybe let Seth Curry run the one and Shake be the two. Who knows? I don't even know who they're going to trade for. That's just if they get like another wing. Regardless, I think those two guys are young guys that could really, really bring a spark and fire off the bench for the 76ers. The player I'm picking to slump, Andre Drummond. He's going to come off the bench for the first time in his career since his rookie year. Uh, if they were to try to start him in Embiid, that would be dumb as fuck because that'd just be way too slow. I would just run a really small lineup and just completely thrash them in the transition game, just being faster and all. I think Andre Drummond is still obviously a prime, uh, not a primary, a prime, prime, prime rebounder in the league. And I think he still has opportunity to contribute to potentially winning team. Obviously, the trade piece here is pretty obvious. Ben Simmons. The fact that Ben is giving a list, though, is completely laughable. What the fuck have you done? Have they even made the... No, they haven't. I think they haven't even gone past the second round. Either way, you know, Ben Simmons, I think, is still a promising young player. The package, though, I would look to get back a borderline all-star player plus another role player and picks. I think the Minnesota package was the best one I've seen. I think it was D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and some picks. I would take that. Also heard that D'Lo's not really on the table anymore, but who knows? Philly needs to realize that they're not going to get back a potentially generational player that I think Ben can potentially be just with his size and athleticism. I think they need to cut their losses and I think look to get more depth rather than, you know, another primary scorer slash just a primary piece in general. They're a team that I think consider themselves to be contenders, but as it is right now, that's kind of up in the air, all depending on who Ben gets traded for. CJ McCollum is my call but you know who knows that's gonna end it for this week thank you for tuning in to another Bucks and Six podcast next week we're gonna look at the southeast division so that's Atlanta Miami Washington Charlotte and Orlando I'm excited to get into those teams those are all teams that especially the first and last few are all very young and I think have a very bright future ahead of them either way stay blessed have a good day remember there aren't a lot of guarantees in life but the one thing you can bank on bucks in six always. Have a good one.